0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Darryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where King Sennacherib of Assyria sends military leaders to threaten to take Jerusalem. It's a great lesson on effectively dealing with the tactics of the enemy. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 18 on Simply the Bible.
0: Whether or not we like to accept it, bad things do happen to good people. In everything King Hezekiah undertook, he sought God. He obeyed His commandments and worked wholeheartedly nevertheless the assyrians advanced against judah according to the assyrian records king sennacherib's army took 46 fortified cities in judah before settling in lachish which was 30 miles southwest of jerusalem this became their base camp where they formed their strategy to lay siege against the city of jerusalem hezekiah had been preparing for an attack he repaired and strengthened the wall of Jerusalem. He even constructed a second outside wall and built up the millow, which were the terraces that butted up against the walls supporting them. In addition, Hezekiah blocked up the water supply outside the city, preventing the Assyrians from having access to fresh water. He had already dug a tunnel from the Gihon Spring to the city, so the people in Jerusalem would have an ample water supply. Hezekiah appointed military captains over the people and encouraged them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles." These were good words from a very good king. But Hezekiah was about to experience the test of his life. We continue today in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 17. Then the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rabseres, and the Rabshakeh from Lachish with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. When they had come up, They went and stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. The three names that are given comprising this Assyrian delegation were titles, not personal names. Tartan means supreme commander, Rabsiris means chief officer, and Rabshakeh means the field commander. The Assyrian army that was with them numbered nearly 200,000. And this delegation of three spoke to Hezekiah's staff, who also numbered three people. Then the field commander said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for a war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now, look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord, our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem. Now, therefore, I urge you give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. How then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. This Assyrian field commander was trained in the art of psychological warfare. A siege against the fortified city of Jerusalem would be expensive and time-consuming. Therefore, the Assyrians hoped to intimidate the people of Jerusalem to surrender to the king of Assyria. The field commander uses several tactics. First, he discredits King Hezekiah. He refers to King Sennacherib as the great king. Then he belittles Hezekiah's plans and commands to his officers by saying that they are merely words without substance. He accuses Hezekiah of removing the high places and altars of the Lord God in whom the people trust. But in reality, King Hezekiah removed these alternative places of worship because the Lord commanded it so that they would all worship the Lord and serve him only at the temple In Jerusalem. Next, the field commander discredits the Egyptians. Now, there were those in Jerusalem who wanted to seek help from the Egyptians, even though the prophet Isaiah warned them against this. The field commander accuses Egypt as being a broken reed that will splinter and pierce the hand of anyone who leans upon it. Next, the field commander blasphemes God. He treats the Lord as though he is no different from all the other gods of the nations. He claims that they have offended the Lord by tearing down his high places and altars, which in fact they weren't, but he didn't know that. He accuses them of being fools for trusting in the Lord. Finally, he claims that the Lord sent him against Jerusalem. Incidentally, beware when people say the Lord told me this or that, I have found that often when people say that the Lord told them to say or do something, they are following their own heart rather than truly representing God. Just because somebody tells you that the Lord has told them something doesn't mean it's true. We must test all things with the word of God. Lastly, the field commander promises them an easy life if they will surrender. He promises to give them 2,000 horses They will make a pledge to the king of Assyria. Verse 26. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah, said to the field commander, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in Hebrew in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. You see, Hezekiah's staff didn't want the field commander speaking to them in Hebrew because they didn't want all the Jews to hear what he was saying and be intimidated. But the Assyrians were smart. They had learned the Hebrew language. And he was going to continue to speak in Hebrew so everybody could hear him. Verse 28. Then the field commander stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. The field commander then continues to discredit Hezekiah, saying, Hezekiah will deceive you. He cannot deliver you. He will cause you to trust in the Lord, but it's a vain hope. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make peace with me by a present and come out to me and every one of you eat from his own vine and every one from his own fig tree and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own land a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. But do not listen to Hezekiah, lest he persuade you, saying, The Lord will deliver us. The field commander makes more promises if they will only surrender. The king of Assyria will give them their own vine, fig tree, and cistern. They will give them a land like their own land with grain and new wine, bread, vineyards, olive groves, and honey. And they will live there. But if they remain in Jerusalem, they will die. Has any of the gods of the nations at all delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath, of Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim and Hina and Iva? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. Finally, the field commander discredits all the gods in whom other nations have trusted and claims that the Lord is no different than them. He said, those gods couldn't save their people from the king of Assyria, so the Lord won't be able to save you either. In this blasphemous boast, we will see that the field commander went too far. But the people held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was, do not answer him. The people obeyed King Hezekiah and held their tongue. When the enemy rails against us, that is always a wise strategy. Don't argue with the devil. Wait for the Lord to be your defense. And if you must say something, then follow the lead of Jesus and simply quote Scripture. Now, the field commander was skilled in psychological warfare, and we face an enemy who is skilled in both psychological and spiritual warfare. We must be wise concerning his tactics. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians about not letting Satan take advantage of them, for we are not ignorant of his devices. But I'm afraid that many Christians are ignorant of the devil's devices and are deceived. We need to recognize how Satan discredits our leaders, how he blasphemes our God and makes promises of an easier life. Promises he doesn't keep. Or if he does make things easier for us for a season, then there's always a severe price to pay later. Satan's objective is to undermine our trust in the Lord. But if we will hold fast to the shield of faith, Then we will extinguish every flaming arrow of the evil one. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe and Joah the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the field commander. Hezekiah's staff was wise and not answering. Instead, they tore their clothes, a sign of great mourning, and reported everything to King Hezekiah. Now, Isaiah was the prophet to Judah during this time, and he prophesied in Isaiah fifty four sixteen, Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. It is true that bad things sometimes do happen to good people. Consider Job's trials, for example. God allows his people to be tested, not to harm them, but to prove what they are made of. He strengthens our faith through the trials, but He is always sovereign over the destroyer. And if we trust in the Lord, then no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises against us, he will condemn. This is our heritage as the Lord's servants. God is our righteousness. God is our defense. He will take out the enemy in his time and in his way. Believe it.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Hezekiah sends his staff to inquire of the prophet Isaiah who tells them that God will defeat the Assyrians. This encourages Hezekiah to pray. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible.